Welcome to the Emma Daily Klein Podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. This is episode 33 of the Horsemanship Remark Show, which I do live every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Instagram with my good buddy, Michael Sparling. This was a fun show. We talked about confining versus defining in the soft feel. We talked about one cool moment that I had with Novella. Talked about some spirituality things as we usually throw in there. And overall, I really enjoyed this. Sometimes when the video cuts out a little bit on the live show, I have to edit. So you'll hear me starting to reference a bridal horse early in the show. And that was my off-the-track thoroughbred Lil. Some of you guys might remember her. So that's what we were talking about. I hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please subscribe to my channel and share it with somebody that you think might also appreciate it. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. It is 6.30 in the morning Pacific Standard Time. So, sad news. This is the first week that I won't be worried about letting our little wiener dog out because he passed away last week. It's one of the worst things, right, being human is outliving our little friends and our big friends if it's horses. And so Kip was like, well... It could be worse. You could be a turtle and outlive all your humans. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. Good morning. Hi. Morning. How are you this morning? I'm good. Is there an animal that crossed the rainbow bridge? Is that what you were just talking about? One of yours? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> so our little spotty wiener dog that oh. we've had since 2010, I think. He was Kip's dog. I mean, I adopted, I convinced Kip to adopt him, you know, all those years ago because our original wiener dog had passed away and I was just heartbroken. So we go to the Oregon Dachshund Rescue. We rescued this dog and he, uh, he was glommed on to Kip from the second we took him on the get to know you walk. Like he was like this with Kip. And then, um, you know, of course we had him in the bed the first night and he woke up twice just to check and see if Kip was there. He had a lot of anxieties, you know, when we, anyway, so I was, it was horrible because, um, he, you know, he's, I think he's probably like 15 by the time, you know, this, so we knew it was sort of coming. Right. And, um, I, it happened during work hours, so I had to be the one to do it. And of course the dog was bonded with me too, but I felt like it was just wrong <laughs> that yeah. I was the one to be there instead of Kip. So suddenly we went from having three dogs to one, but we have these two cats that think they're dogs. So it doesn't really feel like we only have one dog. They also think they're cats given they crawling on you. Oh my god. So what's on your mind? I don't know. I was who was I talking about going through the fire with a horse? Maybe it was with Buck. Like just the grind that you have to go through at as you're learning. You know, and, and some folks are just not cut out for that kind of emotional trauma. Let me tell you, she was very much of a thoroughbred, and I just did not know very much. I remember going to our first dressage clinic when she was three. Like, I would take her to dressage lessons, and the poor ladies, like, now being, you know, at the same age probably that they were (laughs) teaching me, and, like, with the experience that I have now, 
you know, they were like, you need to be wearing a helmet, just doing groundwork with this horse. And of course, you know, they didn't really know what to tell me to like be safe, you know, in one day, like Buck would maybe know, but, but, and I took her to this dressage clinic. It was for those, I think it was at the equestrian center. Like I drive by it on the way to the Benton County fairgrounds in, in Corvallis. And I think about it every single time because I remember putting her out in the paddock because she stayed overnight a couple nights there because we were coming from Portland and her just bucking and running or like standing there bucking, standing on her hind legs. And like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with this horse. I had no idea. And I rode her, you know, and my coach helped me to get her to where we could like drive around at least, you know, <laughs> walk and drive. but to, to, of course, to what she became. Uh-huh. And she's still there. Like, you know, I've been putting her, she's the one who got blanketed first this time of year. She gets, you know, all the best food and everything. And gosh, just special to have gone through that much life with her. Oh, how old is she now? She'll be, well, she was born in 99. So 22, she'll be 23 in technically in January. Nice. Meanwhile, Nigel was, you know, is older than her and still going like, you know, and she definitely. So start talking. Why do I always have to start talking? My horse. Well, last week was a mess. (laughs) And then this week, thankfully, uh, Instagram and Facebook are back up and on (laughs) so we could do this. But we had a run last week. What was I even talking about then? Right now, my horse has hives head to toe, and the vet's coming out. So, I I'm not sure. I don't think she rolled in anything. Who knows? The new hay bale out there, but you know, none of the others have hives. So, I'm uh-huh. kind of waiting on her to. She's sound, but she's not rideable. So, are you pumping her full of Benadryl, or is the vet just going to give her a shot? I think the vet's going to give her a shot. Yeah. I just crush up the Benadryl. I'm like, eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so can you tell me about, you said that you had a couple of really good rides with her like last week. Yeah. I would love to hear, you know, how that manifested itself. I'm so curious. Well, that I wasn't at all focused or I was telling myself, do not focus on the feel in my hands or where her head was because at times it was beyond the vertical or really kind of not heavy in my hands but certainly didn't feel light and soft to my hands but i was basically doing kind of what we were talking about back in omaha now i'm going to put you inside of a smaller rectangle which i have some thoughts that we could talk about on that based on a lesson we were I was doing yesterday some thoughts came to mind anyway so I was saying the rectangle rather than being here where's my rectangle there make that square squared ends your rectangles this long horses on a loose rein there may be um, in Katniss's case got their nose poked out over here and then I shortened the rectangle and said, okay, Katniss, we're going to move like this now. And she kind of 
can tend to just get a little tight in the pole and just push on that, which is, you know, where I've over, over time I've just messed around with what do I do with that? Do I just kind of really soften and wait? Do I, you know, just get her really flowing and get there incrementally, like just a little softness, a little softness, and then she can find it without there ever being kind of this weight in my hands that is kind of undesirable. But I don't know that there was the the pressure, the crunch, the um, confinement, which I really don't like that word. I don't like pressure or crunch either. But the confinement that said... A definition maybe is the better. Yeah, that's that's a little less harsh sounding. The The definition of the rectangle rather than here to here was like, okay, now find your way to move in here. Even if you're really kind of in the process fighting the the size of this rectangle because you've been used to traveling like this. All right, so now let's find a way to go here. And just saying, I know this is unpleasant. And it doesn't feel wonderful to me either because I really like to be lighter on my hands, but I need to define it small enough that you have cause to search. And doing only enough in my hands to where it felt like, okay, this is, this is okay. A little bit of pressure and she'll come off of it wasn't cause enough to search and take it through her whole body. So that, that was kind of where I was at. Um, both of her and Degamo had really great rides there a couple in a row that week. And it, it was just kind of saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look for this fairy tale feel in my hand. If it, in Degamo in particular, is just like, Oh man, this is a lot. Cause he really tries but he wasn't trying down to the hind leg, even though he very much can, it just hasn't been expected of him enough, you know, and then I have a ride like that. I'm like, yeah, man, if I can keep repeating this, we're going to move forward so fast. And then rides you know, the other day were like, Oh, geez. Why? <laughs> anyway. So, um, just that definition of the rectangle as being, being a little bit smaller and causing them to search. But the big piece for me was, this is just how short it is. And if you, ex part of your exploration is really pushing against it or getting behind my hands or thinking about slowing down and I have to come in with my legs a little bit, both of my horses are, you know, really light to the leg and pretty willing to try. So it, you know, it wasn't like I'm really driving them to get forward, but just saying, no, 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 keep find a way to move. That was the the big change. And I really felt it go to the ground and some really nice canter transitions to Gamo. I felt him really step up from behind and pick me up into the canter, which was, which was pretty cool. I mean, he's, he's a very capable horse. He's not the most uh, well put together horse. He's Crooked front legs, a little bit long in the back, but he can compensate for that long in the back by really rounding and stepping underneath himself and and whatnot. So I was thinking about this definition of the rectangle, and in a hindquarter yield, you'll often have the horse kind of ready and willing with their feet, maybe not quite balanced to the outside just not all totally coming together. And oftentimes that involves 
the nose kind of poking out. Like they're around, but the nose is out there. In a hindquarter yield? Mm-hmm. In the lateral flexion. So they're bent laterally, but they don't have the presence of vertical flexion, let's say. Let's not let's say that's the case, right? I've thought about that as, I was explaining it as the, similar to your soft field. You're defining the rectangle saying, what can you do in terms of a soft feel for your whole body to rearrange itself in your lateral flexion, your hindcore yield in particular, can you get such a position, maybe with the rain, more so the rain than your body, but to say that nose can't poke out there, maybe bring your hand in a little closer so that, you know, you're in, again, in here. <laughs> Versus, versus out a little further, saying you can't just have your nose out there. You have to roll it in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, oh. that's talking about the outside, the front, outside corner of the rectangle, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think I try not to. Maybe I should involve the outside rain, but I try not to involve the outside rain there, and just adjust the angle and the feel, maybe not the feel, but adjust the angle of the inside rain or just increase the pressure on the inside rain and say, you know, you can try to poke your nose out there, but the rectangle is defined as here. Find a different place to to come within this rectangle. And that, you know, is part of balancing them over the outside feet and beginning to set them over the hind leg because they're they're no longer kind of poked out there just making a connection there between those two and and describing both as being a definition of the rectangle mm -hmm. so. and and i was thinking about the confinement word and it's just not the right word because we're not forcing it mm -hmm. you know obviously like they're free to slosh around outside the rectangle real it would be pretty bad if we were forcing them confining them inside and this is where you know this whole thing of horses getting so upset being in a shorter rectangle but really if we just define the front and the back of the rectangle the definition part is is versus confinement is very important one of the things like if we think of an antenna or a, or a flag and we're we're pushing on the sides of the on the ends of the wire, whatever it is, you could hypothetically, if you really just push it exactly from the ends, you could keep it under 100% straight tension, right? And this is where when, when you were writing Katniss in Omaha, I, one of the notes was remember that you cannot sit down on her back because where that horse has to go as you define the edges as shorter the front and the back are shorter is the horse has to come upwards. Mm. So, you know, we see this from, from the ground watching someone, if they're sitting down on their horse, because they're just not thinking that the horse is going to come up many, whatever inches you take off the end, mm. it has to come up in the back or squash down in the, in the uh, up in the back, meaning under your seat yeah. or squash down with the hind leg like that's where the inches have to go it's not like you're erasing horse you it's got to go somewhere this is why 
the rectangle has to be poofy or, you know, there has to be room for it to pop out, you know, somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's the same, it's the exact same thing of like, you have to think, okay, versus worrying about what it feels like in the front of the rectangle, thinking to yourself, okay, we got to move those inches downwards with the hind leg. And then, of course, this is why the, the humans, like, shoulders can't get tight. And I do this, too, if I'm concentrating, you know, too much and my, my body gets tight. Because it's not like we've heard people accentuate, like, a light seat, a super light. It doesn't have to be that dramatic, I don't think. It just has to be. Soft. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing <clears throat> that was kind of interesting me to me in Omaha. I've been working with this gal on kind of equitation sort of pieces. Just I know I've always had my right heel kind of floats more than my other, and I've, I feel like I've kind of evened it out, but I just wanted her to give me input on that. And she was adjusting all these things and <clears throat> having me sit pretty awkward in the saddle or what felt quite awkward to, to mostly it was to get, Katniss to reach the outside shoulder and and it it worked I mean Katniss was kind of reaching and it opened up her movement and helped her find a united circle a little better but it felt so laborious from her you know from my perspective and what I was trying to do it felt like all this effort and then you know while I'm there out what she's trying to ask me to do I'm like maybe not tending to my horse as much. And so Katniss is getting like, well, whatever. And then I'm having to kind of say, Hey, get two. Whereas in Omaha, I wasn't thinking about any of that. It was just like this lightest, you know, set the horse in the outside feet. And there we went. And then it was canter off. It, so it felt like you were just saying there, I, I think not so big. It just felt like, I don't know, riding a colt yesterday, feel that leg over there. Don't feel like you got to draw it over there. You know, you're hanging the rain out. There's all kinds of float in the rain and, and somehow it magically connects to the feet, you know, is, is what it, it feels like. And it, it never doesn't feel like that. At least to me, like when it, when you're riding that colt and it's just, it's how it should be or, you know, it feels right. It's just amazing that, you know, it feels like the rain doesn't even need to be there. And your hand is just like setting because there's so much float in the rain and you're not saying foot go over here. You're just saying come over here. And you're not, at least for me, I'm not thinking, okay, shoulder back, all this in my body. I'm just going, that's in my hand. And it's pretty effortless. And that's, I think a good um, picture of what it can can feel like for everything, or at least I I believe it can be. That I think way. so too. Yeah, where you're not, you know, adjusting this and driving that hip down. You're just like maybe even more than driving the hip down, opening up on the other side of your body and lifting, and it's more like we talked a few weeks ago, opening space for the horse that rather than pushing the horse, which is why the word confinement doesn't work. You're not, you know, and, and exactly why you're saying opening space, lifting, 
just don't block it. That's the thing. Don't don't block it. Okay. So here's another thing that I was thinking about in the last couple of days. I have a group of four folks here doing a boot camp type deal and you know, we're five, six hours a day. They're having the best time, I notice. <laughs> we're, we're having fun. Um, we did some round pen stuff the other day and everyone was pretty everyone did different things, but they're all pretty excited about what they got. Anyway, I was talking to them about defining the rectangle, working on a soft feel, feeling more for what's happening underneath you and not what's in your hands, kind of letting go of that for a minute, seeing if you can feel the changes through their body and being free to experiment with, you know, coming to a slow walk, coming in with your legs a little bit and saying, give me a little more power, moving the shoulders left or right, something to say, you know, find a different way of going here. I mean, like everything we just said, right? And so we were talking- What else could you do? That's what I always think. But what else could you do? What else could you do? Yeah. So like, honestly, yeah. like, you know, that's really important because then you, because then we're not, we're not making the horse or ourselves feel wrong. It's like, yeah. okay, you could, you could imagine why all those things, you might come to that conclusion, but what else could there be? Yeah. You know, you know a couple horses that slow walk or a downward transition, or maybe even just coming in with your legs and, and saying, come on, it's stay active, you know, got to keep moving or there's not going to be anything moving in order to search for what else you could do. And so then I was talking about, okay, your rectangles here. Now we've defined it as being here, but then moving through space, we're defining where it is too. So you are saying with the reins, the rectangle has stopped here if they aren't stopping but you're not pulling them to a stop. If they're rushing, you're not pulling them to say, don't rush or holding them in, but you are saying the rectangle is not moving as fast as you are, which is like kind of, at least for me, I have to really be talking myself through that regularly the whole time. And a lot of it is about, you know, the shoulders, the arms, your, your body not tensing is, is kind of the, physical difference i would say but the that all stems from the mental position of i'm not confining i am simply defining and saying this is where we are what do you got to do to be within that rectangle because physically maybe muscles are different and whatever but physically the position of the let's say the bit in the horse's mouth is maybe the same because you're saying the rectangle is not moving as fast as you are. It's just the feel is different in your hands. I don't know. Yeah, and also there's not a there's not a backwards yes. piece, which is really critical, right? Because but because holding. yeah, yeah. Well, right, because we want to make sure that we don't think about the rectangle in particular when you're just defining like don't rush out the front. You know, it still has to be a forward feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100% though. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you have, at least for me, it's the mental gymnastics to remind myself this is the, this is the same thing, but it's different. Right. I'm 
thing, don't go forward, like you said, with a backward feel, with tensing my body, with confinement, I'm saying the rectangle is here. You know, then I pause. It's like I have to think about, okay, okay, what is the difference? How do I feel differently about that? What is that going to mean to me? How do I get my brain and then my body to, and therefore my body to, to hold that mentality rather than fall into rounding the shoulders, tipping the arms a little and saying, no, don't go forward so fast or we're stopping. Yeah. That thinking about too, as I was watching a couple of different folks, you know, having their horses go out the front of the rectangle as well, define the rectangle as being here, not there, but don't be pulling. Like, well, I, I, I use the analogy. Have you ever spent any time with David Ellis? Yeah. Long yeah. time ago. Long time ago. So I worked for David for a while. And one thing he would say is basically have your hand as if it is you're riding along the arena and it stops at a fence post like your hand is fixed in space and so then the horse runs into that but you're not pulling it's simply the rectangle is defined here now you know obviously you're not just gonna stick it to a fence post and stop them hard but it'd be the equivalent of like you know flagging the horse tied to the fence and getting them good in our blind spot, they're tied to the wall. They have to find the end of that rope and stay this side of it because it's a defined spot, yeah. right? So when you're, you know, defining the position, let's say in the arena or in space of where the rectangle is going to be, your hands might stop, say for a, a, a halt, in order to define the rectangle has now stopped, but your hands aren't coming back. They're, they're fixing in space, they're stopping, and the horse is going, oh, geez, <laughs> I'm running into the front of this very defined rectangle. I was just going to say, when you tie a horse to a fence post and show them rolling over behind, look, the, the crucial part of that example is, yes, the fence post is fixed in space, but there's tons of room for the horse to go somewhere else, right? Like, like one thing is fixed in space, but the rest of it isn't blocked. Yeah. And that's so important because, again, the horse has X amount of volume. And it has to go, it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. The other thing I, I think of is, of course, you know, I'm going to be riding with Buck uh, in a few weeks. <laughs> so I'm always, I'm always thinking of like, okay, what, what might we be doing <laughs> that I need to uh, make sure I put my attention on? And Buck, rightly so, of course, uh, always wants to see how crisp, quote unquote, uh, how timely our our halts are, and sometimes just by nature of of what we're practicing, there are times when it, it a little bit surprises or how quickly I stop the front of the rectangle, and it's very important that I show him how to get out of that. So this is yet another nuance, you know. 
is let's say we're trotting along and I and he gets stopped. It's it's not that he doesn't get stopped. It's just the um it's just upping, you know, upping the game. And to be fair, like I have to show him the kind of stop that we'll be doing because there's a lot of other types of stops from trot, let's say. And I'm just honestly not that perfect about being able to describe them all to him because there's varying degrees of compression that I want the hind legs to do. And this is the one where it looks, you know, like a cow horse stop, so to speak, like, you know, really sit your butt down, um, squash your hindquarters, put your tail in the dirt, you know, mm-hmm. when he, when I stop that speedily, sometimes his hocks aren't bent enough. And so then I have to offer the stop. And when he goes like that, because he's like, oh, I was not planning because he hasn't squashed down enough. So there's too much horse in front. It's not that he's like mentally leaning. It's just that that he is leaning because the hawks aren't squashing all that way. So Mm -hmm. then to be able to say in the next moment, like, oh, squash your hawks down and that's how you're going to get, that's how you're not going to have to lean on the front of the rectangle. So, so again, that's that super subtlety of like not forcing it to happen, but pretty quickly showing him how to, how to achieve what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting effective sooner rather than later. So you can release, I mean, in terms of that's what you mean by quickly saying, let's find this now rather than, yeah, because, and I think you have to, especially when you're stopping is what made me think of it. Like you cannot wait too long because then the moment's over. Yeah. And and this goes exactly with not obsessing over the front of the rectangle. Yes, he's going to be heavy in that moment because his hawks haven't squashed down enough. But the issue is the hawks. The issue is not that he's trying to jam his head out, although it's many degrees heavier than normal. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not what he's thinking about, and that's and I shouldn't be worried about that either. It's just the front is here, and then we do it backwards. You know, the front is here, and then it's like, oh, hurry up and get this squashed more. It's like when when you have a willing horse, it's so much not about doing it for them, about forcing them to do it, about you know making the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. It's like. I mean, pressure and release. It's like, not really. I mean, because it's just, if they're willing, then you just show them what to do. And it's, it's similar to, to finding the rectangle as stopping versus pulling. Like physically, the bit might be at the same, whether you're thinking of it this way or that way, or, it's expressing itself in your body this way or that way. The bit is kind of in the same position in time or space, but what is your brain doing with it? And how does that manifest itself in your body? It's kind of just like that slight difference. And I think the same thing of what you're saying there is there is like, say picking up on Katniss and saying, you got to find something else to do. And I define the rectangle. There is pressure. Of course. 
on. And there is, of course, release when it's wrong. Okay? Uh-huh. But what you're saying is you, you're not thinking, I'm going to put pressure on you until you get it, and then I'm going to release. It's like, let me help you find, like, Digamo is a really good example because he is absolutely always on the hunt for what what do you want me to do and super willing to do it. And you you can take the mentality of I'm going to put pressure on you and find it or you can say like you are, you know, describing there like, hey, explore some ideas. Let's look at this together. And it it might be the same thing in terms of the amount of pressure one applies, but it's the mental shift and how you're thinking about it and therefore how it's going to manifest itself in your body. And, and the horse can tell the difference. Well, that's what I was going to say is we yeah. think it's the same, but it's yeah. probably not the same. Yeah. It's Obviously. the same in that, you know, to define the rectangle, there's going to be pressure on the, on the, at the front of the rectangle or to say, get into the rectangle there's going to be pressure on the front of the rectangle it's just how is that pressure you know it might be the same amount of pounds but how does it feel or ounces or well so then then we're set right so then it's like it's not actually the same Yeah. yeah but it might be the same amount of measurable of course yeah right but it's not the same but it's not the same yeah yeah because there's again this is where i think us disconnecting our logic from the whole thing so that we are, we are just, just feeling it, Yeah. Existing. The other thing I would, I would also note, you know, is while what you're saying is exactly, I think exactly right. That, you know, defining the front of the rectangle as, you know, preventing the horse from doing X, Y, Z. A lot of times the human is pulling the horse into the rectangle. Mm-hmm. And so that once you get handy at, as you say, knowing where the rectangle is moving across the ground, then you can be really good about just defining the front on, on the ground, wherever it's going. But what we really do see a lot of times is that the, the person is, is shortening the front of the rectangle by accident. Mm-hmm which is very, I think, very distracting from the horse, for the horse. Because that's all they're focused on is how do I... Where am I supposed to go now? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little mind-bending. That's what I've been saying the whole time. It's mind-bending. Like, you have to, like, really... For me, I have to keep myself in that mindset. Like, I have to work to be there to remind myself to like do the mental gymnastics. And this is maybe not where you are going with mind bending, but to go, I have to be thinking of it in this way. This is the mentality, this is the feel. And that is different. That is distinct from this other thing. Though they might be very close, they are so far away. Yeah, and what I was just gonna say, it's mind bending to think of how myopic or, or um, simple we are as humans versus how multidimensional a horse is perceiving things. Mm-hmm. That's where we could be like, well, it's the same because we're thinking on one 
one plane of existence, you know, and they see things, you know, so differently. So it's like when you have a thousand different variables coming from the horse's perspective, then, then obviously what we're doing is different. Mm-hmm. But for us, we're like, it feels the same. And it was like, yeah, yeah cause we're so lame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is what horses hopefully do for us right is, is yeah. stretch us into other other places that's that thing where i think working so hard to create a culture of trust and affinity and actual friendship between you and the horse and then you have to trust that either right like it's either it's there or it's not Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, man, I notice it. Trust, trust that once it's there, but trust even steps before that. Trust that a it is a thing, and helping horse trust you know find that it is a thing, and then you know the part of the learning process is trusting that that can take you there. I just so it's so funny to hear you say that because it's like how else would you? I know. I'm not. I'm just. I want to f you. You know, like it's for you. No, I know you understand it, but it's like I do. That's one of those things where it's like I understand it, but that's why I'm saying there's the mental gymnastics of keeping that mentality, which there isn't probably for you. Well, but, but this is where the, the logic of it, once, I think once we've sat with the logic of it enough, and if we're hunting the same thing, which I know you and I are, it's, it's like, well, how else would we get there? Yeah, you're right. It's impossible, right? Yeah. So we might not get there because maybe we're not good enough. Maybe we're not, who knows? But there's no other way to go about it because if you, because as you know, if we mechanical, if we're not even talking about the same thing and yeah, and this is where I've said this to Buck throughout all the years. And I'm sure he agrees with me. I would think I just would say it a lot in the beginning. You remember that, that anyone can see horse person or not, they perceive that whether the pair is mechanicking their way around or if it's a mental and emotional whatever partnership do you, do you think people can see that i do i don't know i don't think that they can always um describe it but hell yeah because i think it's universal it's it's absolutely now they might like the mechanics of it if they are you know jet if that's what they're valuing or judging or what but can they see the can they perceive the difference of course yep that's my contention because we're designed to do that because you can't get away from the fact that the human is more soul than anything else <laughs> what i mean like i think of it it's like we're so we're so clueless myself included you know, going, going through the day thinking we're like, you know, operating in this tiny corner of ourselves. <laughs> like, 
thinking we're in charge of it all when like there's this huge other section that we're which is fine i mean we can't keep track of it all <laughs> right <laughs> but i think that people can perceive when we've connected with another another human even right like another human or another another non human back to the rectangle once the horse knows their section their assignment their like okay this i think of it as like a section at a restaurant these are my tables this is my station i i can take ownership over that i can i can work within all the tools that are there i can accomplish what what i've been <laughs> i always think of that like the horse is like okay this is my workspace <clears throat> Let me handle this part. But if you're always in there messing around, it's a disaster, right? So same thing with the rectangle moving across the ground. And that's hard. It's so hard for me. Stephanie, I'm so dying to hear how things are going with Godric. Dying to hear. I saw you post in the, the Horsemanship Throwdown that um you had a more powerful trot i bet you do once you start once you start feeling that it must be so cool the loft of it all so the more complicated complex it gets and and picturing knowing visualizing being concrete to where that rectangle is but also what shape that rectangle is and what shape the horse as within the rectangle you have so many dimensions you not only have front to back you have left to right now you have a curve so the the angle or depth of that curve and then you have the lift you have the top of the rectangle the bottom of the rectangle um and then you know their expansion the poofiness that you said for so long or or mocked at first, but now it makes so much more sense. The, the more they always mock me, you guys. They're yeah. such jerks. Thank yeah. God Michael has been a nice one. <laughs> but you should see, I would say things, and then they'd be like, Pfft. then years later, they'd be like, whoa. Right, Michael? Yeah. I, I'm not arguing. I just, I just brought it up, so don't, like, tell me. Yeah, right, right. I remember. I just got don't point fingers. No. Remember, I remember getting the coffee and running out and be like, the rectangle is poofy. You know, there's so many times I've done that to Buck. And he's like, uh-huh. Well, even Buck, I think even Buck on that one was like, give me a break. You know, what do you, we don't need more words to describe that. At least the first time you said it, right? Yeah. I, yes, kind of. But and on the other hand, he was saying, well, duh. Why do we have to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it can kind of go either direction sometimes. And you, you come up with these kind of creative or um, very descriptive. They're revelations to me. That yeah, was like yeah, but, but they're visualizations. Like, I think you think in pictures and analogies, like you just come up with a lot of really creative and i think everyone who's listening that's been involved in our conversations for any time here we've been doing this now for i don't know how many months it doesn't feel like that long but it's been eight months eight, I eight think. months that's, that's what i'm 
at least I've heard from like Val and others, like the way you describe things is kind of, it almost has like an artistic element. And that's where I think. That's a compliment. I'll definitely take that as a compliment. Kind of meant as a compliment, I suppose, but more descriptive, like just, you know, I don't think most people describe things in that way. So at first it's like, what the heck? Right, right. But, but at the same time, I think Val and myself, I, I appreciate it because it causes you to think about it in a different way. It causes me to think about it in a different way that I probably wouldn't have come up with on my own. Like I, I might not have had that. Like you said, it's a revelation. It's a revelation. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's not a revelation I probably would have come to outside of our friendship, our conversation visual epiphanies yeah that's what i was saying it's like visual like you can see like and that thought, is how it comes thought bubbles yeah and it, it, i don't i'm too like like you were saying my world's like this and i'm not thinking about the soul when you started talking about that i'm like okay go ahead and monologue for a while because i don't have too much to add right here um but who knows maybe that like little visualization you just did will one day click with me i'll go like yeah you know you're so right but right now i'm going okay that's, that's well enough. here's a visualization on that imagine the soul is lake superior uh-huh. and we have a little dock that kind of goes into this little you know eddy on the corner with a cabin or whatever and we're like yes our little lake's so cool and we like you know can paddle around like totally clueless that we're attached to lake superior (laughs) because it's plenty for us to try to keep track of our tiny little tiny little section i was thinking about the epiphanies and how they seem so ridiculously obvious once once i spit them out yeah. You know, then it's like, uh, but then it's not easy to execute the idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mind bending thing. I was just saying, like, you've got it. You've had the epiphany, whether it be your own or someone's using their visual description the way they think about it. And you're going, huh, I never thought about it that way. And then you struggle to keep yourself thinking about it that way when your tendency is to think about it otherwise, or just your brain might appreciate the way you, Emma, just described it. Beginning to adopt that, I think, takes sure. time, effort, right? So, Novella? We may cantering around some more. Her left-handed canter, and, and she's, you know, talk about a horse just like Degamo that's just, like, trying to do the right thing, not confidently. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's trusting me a little bit, but kind of like someone who's in a minefield and trusting the soldier that's leading them through. It's mm-hmm. like, well, what choice do you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're following that person with kind of a little bit of trust because hopefully they know what they're doing, but not because you're sure. And you're still quite edgy. Yeah, you're like, I hope this works out, you know. Yeah. So we're cantering around. And to the left, she's quite unbalanced. But I guess what I'm trying to say is she's she knows she should be cantering. We're just it's sort of playing around with maintain gate a little bit. I want her to have the idea of that, but I don't want her to canter around the way she's cantering around. She's very heavy on the left feet. She kind of goes around at an angle with her hindquarters into the rectangle and her her nose kind of out of the rectangle 
at an angle, like into the, like if I'm, we're making a curve, she's kind of going across around a circle like that. She's not making a curve, you know, which obviously she can't if she's on her left feet, but she's so cute, you know, because she's, she's definitely compact enough to, to do it anyway, where some horses would just fall. So I can just kind of stay in there with her, but it's just not comfortable. And she's doing it the hardest way possible. I try to be matter of fact about it, but in my heart, I'm like, later at night or whatever I'm like I feel so bad <laughs> she's but in the moment you know I'm like it's okay you'll be fine you know this is the hard way but we'll just touch on this and then pretty soon I'll help you figure out a, a, a better way to do it what's she thinking and she's thinking moments? I should be cantering I think she just doesn't really know that there's a better way to do it she knows how to stay cantering and on her feet despite mm-hmm. go you know doing it the hardest way possible well it's not the hardest way possible because she's not heavy on the front but that would be very difficult for her to achieve anyway but like way harder than it's going to be when she can make a united arc mm-hmm. to the left so all so she's thinking i should be cantering and so that's what i'm doing and i'm gonna soldier on through this until hopefully i can be let off the hook yeah so i can't wait to help her with that now by contrast and this is cool i love being able to show horses the contrast it's so valuable and thank god they're so different side to side a lot of times you know because you can at least show them the the idea you know one way do you think they make that connection oh like all all day long Mm -hmm. well that feels way that feels good on the road because then why is why are they so out of balance in the first place why does it take you showing them probably because they're out of balance Muscles are shorter on one side. Why aren't, why aren't they going, boy, I feel a lot better going right. I should figure out how to do this on they the do. left. They do. Well, why don't they figure out without you is what I'm saying. Maybe they would. Like, especially if you were doing something at Liberty and you left them alone, then mm-hmm. eventually their left-handed circle would end up being the same as their right-handed circle. Yeah. I mean, I could see, but, Neil, you know, then again, there, you're helping them. Or why don't they figure it out in the pasture if they can... I think- feel the difference why don't they just go it's the same thing as with a person like i think biomechanically we're we're really conditioned to to well now i'm not thinking physically with the person but i'm thinking okay well i know what what would be best for me is to have this schedule and to be you know eating and this and exercising this and you know that's good but in and that's for your best interest, bring out the best. That's what you want out of life. But then getting yourself to follow that routine, you know, make those changes or following that, that schedule, that program is difficult in the, in the process. You go for the short term, feel good of, you know, sleeping in or that's my big one. I don't, I'm not a morning person. I hate mornings with a passion. <laughs> you know, what? would feel better on the grand scale of things and what you you want or you say you want, but whatever. So the horse, they might know that, you know, Hey, Oh, I go right. feels good, but it's not the same as the the person, but because there's more mental than it is physical with the horse. It's like, well, it feels good going right. Then they should by your logic go, Oh, okay. Let's adjust on the left. So it feels good. Like going on the right. They do. 
Yeah. I think they do. I think they do. Yeah. Um, then why are horses so out of balance? Or are they only out of balance when you you start messing with them? Well, I think, first of all, how often do we give horses a fair shake at sorting it out where parameters are all even so that they can do that? No. Firstly. But secondly, I think that we can help to show them, just like your coach would at the gym, like be like, okay, you, you know, this side is hard for you because you're so work this muscle or, you know, whatever you can help them get there sooner. Because I think that horses end up habitually doing one thing or the other, or as we have Munchausen friends that, that are like the hoof is this or the, like the vertebra is out of whack or what, you know, who knows what they have going on physically that might be contributing to some imbalance, but intellectually, I think they absolutely start to make a connection between between sides or even like, you know how some horses will will mistake a canter cue or a trot cue or, you know, something like that. You, then, and then you show them the cue that they think it is. Mm-hmm. Like if they're cantering all the time and you're like, oh, different. Yeah. exactly. Yep. So same thing. So anyway, cantering around to the right on her, the last, our last ride, we had like a few, like maybe a quarter circle where we were in absolute perfect harmony. Like so good, like top top two or three that I've ever felt ever, hmm. right? And, but, and who, I mean, the, the, this has nothing to do with me. This is just pure, pure luck other than I'm smart enough at this stage to notice it and just, and you can't think too much. You have to just let your brain just explode, you know, into nothingness in that moment where you, and, and which sucks because then you can't intellectualize it. Right. It just goes into your, into you. Um, but I just thought it was, first of all, really interesting. The contrast between the two, she's quite easy to, to ride. She's, she's very comfortable, you know, um, even when she's imbalanced, unbalanced, but the contrast was such a, like such a lucky gift because I haven't had a chance to show her anything about that yet. I was like, do you remember that day way long time ago where Vivian was not pulled on at all? Not ever. What For whatever reason, we just had a super lucky day where I'd, she stopped when I stopped. She turned when I, I did not have to pull on her at all. We've never had another day like that. Not that I can recall. We've had really lots of good days. But not a day where she never got pulled on. But it was so valuable for her to be like, whoa, that's yeah. possible, right? Yeah. So, so I, Okay, no, finish, finish. I keep interrupting. No, no, I was just going to say, so even if I'm not going to obsess about finding that again, it, first of all, it's impossible so to, to, to make it happen. But second yeah. of all, like just to appreciate, because I knew she felt it, mm-hmm. right? Like she, she was like, and there was a softening of, of her concern. So just, just for that to be that seed to be planted. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. It, it's just, it's, I think the seed to be planted is a good way to say it. Cause it's, it might pique their interest or go, huh, there's something different there, but it takes bringing them there or help find that many times over before they're going to, 
kind of stay there on their own. You almost like how could that even be achieved? Certainly on the on the level that that it just accidentally happened, where because it's so finely tuned, where you truly become like one thing. Like that's so impossible for the most part. You can really be in harmony, but to become where there's nothing in between you. How, I mean, even if the horse is trying and the human is trying and you're like very soft between like, there's too many factors to, mm-hmm. to truly be, become where there's no, there's no edges. And I just don't even think that's, I don't think either party can choose it. Just has to happen. Pure, pure luck, kind of. But what we can we can hover around or or be heading towards something similar. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting what you're saying. I'm just adding some some specifics to how extraordinary that was. Well, yeah, and you and you're talking on this kind of glorious level of it all. It was glorious. Where you know you become this centaur, right? <laughs> Which is just a cheesy like not not it's very not, is that not, not a beautiful way of thinking about it it's, it's way more classy than that right? well anyway. it doesn't have any shape yeah so you're talking on that level i'm i'm still back thinking on like okay you gotta help them find the united arc or help this way to move and so like we could just picture the united circle on the ground and they're like all braced against it or like really worried at first and then you help them find that way and they oh okay their interest but it still takes time to develop it or you can think about you know helping them find a different balance in the canter like you were saying and they'll go oh okay and it that does feel different and they you release for it you encourage it but then also it does feel better in their body. It doesn't hurt as much or it feels stronger or whatever, but it still takes developing it. I'm still back there. <laughs> well, me too. For the me too. Yeah. It so. was just noteworthy. Yeah. Maybe I'd never experience it again ever in my life. No. Possible. So back to you being mocked for things you say or ask your visual epiphanies as Lynn called them. And you're like, guys, this. And, you know, myself. And how many years whoever, they would like, squash me like but this? The one, the one that really sticks in my mind was when we were in Corning or Red Bluff. I can't remember. Right, right when I, Emily was trying to get a hold of me about Levi. Which one was that? Red Bluff? Yeah. Yeah, it was the only time I was out there. But anyway, when you're like asking Buck, so how, I don't know if, what exactly your question was, but how many steps between, you know, you sending the four quarters out where there's kind of this counter arc relative to the new circle and then the shoulders swing out and now you're on the new arc. You found the, the United Circle, it's like going the other direction. And we're all like, ah, you're thinking about it too hard. But once you start visualizing that, it's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, And I don't so much right now have the question that you had, but the question now makes sense and is relevant given, you know, the way I know I want to see that 
shape up for it to, you know, what, what would be correct or what would be smooth and seamless. So anyway, thought I'd it made such, it made such perfect sense to me because of course, I, I'm pretty sure we were talking about the half circle exercise. So you, it's, so it's arc after arc after arc after arc after arc, right? Like, so the, I think the answer to the question was, well, it depends on, you know, on how, how, how far you want the new arc to be, right? But mostly it's mostly it's just one, you know, is usually in the half circle exercise in in the dream situation. Mostly it's just one. What do you mean? It's the same every time? One step, right? Oh, one step. Got it. Yeah. Like I was I think I was asking about the for, the front feet. Again, if you're thinking of arc after arc after arc and, and you are moving down and you change direction, mm-hmm. then it like so if you're changing from the left to the right. The, the reaching foot, it just takes one, generally, like if the horse is really, really on time, you're just reaching with one front foot onto the new arc, and then they get united one front foot onto the new arc. But I didn't know whether it was like a bunch of steps, because my horses weren't that accurate at that time. And they still aren't lots of times, but, you know, hopefully they, they get to that. But that's quite the role, longitudinally and laterally, for it to just take the one step. But anyway, for me, like, I was seeing the geometry across the ground. (laughs) So it was such an obvious question. But, yeah, for those of you guys that weren't there throughout the years, I used to have to ask these things in front of everyone. And back then, there were gajillions of people, too. (sighs) It was a rough deal. You were very supportive overall, Michael. In that case, I wasn't. But then later, I'll hear. We thought you were so stupid. <laughs> well, isn't that what I just said a while ago? Like, I thought you were ridiculous, but now I'm like, oh, okay. I totally, like, have adopted that concept. And, like, it's how I think about it now, too, even though I once mocked it. So. And, uh, like, you think of I had to ask those questions, some of those questions, like, on the marshmallow. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And people are like... But just gotta block it out. For for the most part, though, I think you're you're correct in saying Buck was like, yeah. After he mocked you a little bit just for trying so hard, he was like, like, yeah, like you said, (laughs) of course. You don't need your silly description for that to be true. Yeah. There were so many there still are so many times I'm like, I'm not crazy, right? Or like, you know, and he never what was so amazing and I, I hope he knows I'm not forgetting about how crucial it was that he never made me feel stupid or off track. I mean, sometimes he'd be like, not yet. In general, he let my mind go wherever it needed to go, even though sometimes it was ahead of what I could do. Yeah. What you're still, still is, although I've probably come to the edges of my understanding on some things. Mm-hmm. That is why new horses are so important. I wish I'm so upset about that thoroughbred. Michael. Of lens. <sighs> there was only more time. Because you want it so bad? Is that what you're saying? Well, it just would be so cool. Wouldn't it be so interesting? <laughs> I just, yeah. this is what I think of selfishly. Selfishly. I think of how much I would learn. Like, what more I could see? Well, I mean, what do you think this being would be able to bring to the table that's raced 103 times with one eye? 106. 106. 
Like, what Great. could that entity share? Uh, damn it. That's what I think of, honestly. Like, that is what I think of. I covet that information. I'm telling you, it's like... See, I'm... Like, knowing there is a vault of gold and having to walk around outside the door and just be like, son of a bitch, I want that so bad. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the information, it's the experience, it's the... the, You are so selfish. I I would share it, though. I would tell you guys about it. I'm glad. There's a point at which you're given up on the idea of sharing. I know. Tell everyone about that. Well, I I didn't mock you. I oh, what's the word? I chastised you for it and you're like, sorry, tough luck. It's just not my bag. I'm like, give me a break. You can't do that. <laughs> so you're big on manifesting things oh. in the universe. It's not usually my bag, but I'm doing it. <laughs> We can only ask for so much in life anyway, right? Only got some time. I'm already overwhelmed with what I got going, so. Speaking of time, it's 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock central. Okay, so okay. next week um, is the week before the Buck Clinic for me. I'm excited. Zorro's going to be scared again, uh, but it's going to be better, I suspect. He's really just feeling so much different to me mentally and emotionally. So I'm excited. And the thing is, I think I'm going to be driving up to Seattle by myself in the rain because Kip is going to stay and manage the farm and then he's going to go to the Pro-Am to golf. And so that's how we're going to divide it up. But if there's anyone in the in my string that I would rather be traveling with under any kind of circumstance is Zorro. But the rain on the Spanaway Arena will freak him out. I also admit I'm already thinking about the French fries from the cafe. All right. We're going to have to go. Sounds Hello. good. So we'll see you guys next week, Thursday morning, 6.30 a.m. 8.30 Central. Hope you guys all have a good week going forward. See you next time. See you later. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Remember, for The Real Party, you can join us live every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for the Horsemanship Remark Show. If you'd like to see the horsemanship in action and support this channel, you can go to horsemanshipinsider.com. I hope everybody has a good week going forward. Let's connect soon.